A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. When the Pharisees, with some scribes who had come from Jerusalem, gathered around Jesus, they observed that some of his disciples ate their meals with unclean, that is, unwashed hands. For the Pharisees, and in fact all Jews, do not eat without carefully washing their hands, keeping the tradition of the elders. And on coming from the marketplace, they do not eat without purifying themselves. And there are many other things that they have traditionally observed, the purification of cups and jugs and kettles and beds. So the Pharisees and scribes questioned him, Why do your disciples not follow the tradition of the elders, but instead eat a meal with unclean hands? He responded, Well did Isaiah prophesy about you hypocrites, as it is written, This people honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines human precepts. You disregard God's commandment, but cling to human tradition. He summoned the crowd again and said to them, Hear me, all of you, and understand. Nothing that enters one from outside can defile that person. But the things that come out from within are what defile. From within people, from their hearts, come evil thoughts, unchastity, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, licentiousness, envy, blasphemy, arrogance, folly. All these evils come from within, and they defile. The Gospel of the Lord. On December 4, 1963, the first document of the Second Vatican Council was promulgated by Pope Paul VI. Sacrosanctum Concilium, the Constitution on the Sacred Liturgy, was approved by the assembled bishops in a vote of 2,147 to 4. The bishops wrote, The rights of the Catholic Church hold a particular dignity, and we want to preserve them. We also want to revise these rights, so that when celebrated with greater vigor, they'll be better able to address the circumstances of modern times. The Constitution called for the use of the vernacular in the liturgy in order to bring about, quote, the full, active, conscious participation of the faithful, End quote. Going forward, Catholics would become participants, not spectators, at Mass. The book of Deuteronomy presents itself both as a farewell address delivered by Moses and as a book of the law transmitted to a new generation about to enter the land of promise. Moses looks both backward toward God's accomplishments and forward to what God will do in, through, and for his covenant people. The whole book of Deuteronomy, the title literally meaning Second Law, is a retelling and reinterpretation of Israel's history and laws for a new generation. Tammy Schneider, in The Torah, A Woman's Commentary, notes, 
Moses initiates what becomes a long Jewish tradition, constant reinterpretation of the text. Even the Ten Commandments are told differently by Moses in the book of Deuteronomy than when they are first given by God in the book of Exodus. Traditions change over time, even in the sacred text. Today's first reading is a sermon placed in the mouth of Moses. So now, Israel, give heed to the statutes and ordinances that I am teaching you to observe, so that you may live to enter and occupy the land that the Lord, the God of your ancestors, is giving you. The land is a gift, but the children of Israel must keep their part of the covenant in order to live in the land. When Israel is faithful to the covenant, they will occupy the land. But when they turn to idolatry, the land will be taken from them. Deuteronomy is written during the exile in Babylon. The people are in a foreign land. The temple has been destroyed. All the externals of their religion were taken from them. In the tradition of the prophets, God calls us into the wilderness where we are most vulnerable, most empty, and where we must finally listen to the voice that can only be heard in the heart. The Hebrew prophets are frequently critical of hollow or hypocritical religion, and in particular of religious veneers covering up deeper desecrations. You sing pretty songs of praise, but neglect the widow and the orphan. You follow the minor laws, but ignore the major ones. Like the ancient prophets, Jesus speaks as a Jew from within Jewish tradition, critiquing some religious leaders of the day. Jesus doesn't condemn their zeal for the law, or their reliance on tradition, or their purity practices themselves. On the contrary, He contends that these leaders are not lawful, traditional, or pure enough. They try to catch others in small infractions, Jesus insists, even as they themselves commit much larger ones. To borrow an image from the Sermon on the Mount in the Gospel of Matthew, they point out the speck in their neighbor's eye while ignoring the log in their own. In his book, Let Us Dream, the path to a better future. Pope Francis quotes the 19th century composer Gustav Mahler, who said, Tradition is not the worship of ashes, but the preservation of fire. In the ancient world, the human heart was perceived as the seat of the will, the center of a person's being and identity as a decision-maker and doer. When James said we should avoid being hearers of the word and not doers, the idea is that the gospel should engage both mind and heart, intellect and will. The prophet Jeremiah spoke of a new covenant. I will put my law within them, and I will write it on their hearts. So doing God's will becomes second nature. The first five books of the Old Testament, ending with the book of Deuteronomy, are called the Torah. Torah is almost always translated as law, 
But as its root meaning in Hebrew implies, Torah is a practical guide to holiness. A central teaching of Torah is captured in Sunday's psalm response. The one who does justice, as in observing Torah, will live in the presence of the Lord. This is not some kind of abstract, spiritualized justice. The psalm closes with a focus on the universal practices of money-lending and bribery. In Deuteronomy, such practices conclude with the exhortation, There shall be no one of you in need. The challenging law, still yet to be realized anywhere, creates the just and holy community envisioned by Torah. The religious rituals Mark mentions in Sunday's Gospel reminded the Jews of these fundamentals, justice and holiness. Increased religious observance would not hide these injustices from God. Jesus, appealing to Isaiah, replays this Old Testament theme. Religious worship celebrates the Torah we strive to live. It does not substitute for it. But by striving to live out the Torah, Moses announces that the Jews will be recognized as a wise and intelligent people by the nations that surround them. Behind the challenge of the gospel is the good news that God will soften our hearts, transform our hearts, unmask our hearts, and in the end, write a new covenant on our hearts. Pope Francis imagines what this looks like. We need a movement of people who know we need each other, who have a sense of responsibility to others and to the world. We are God's people, walking together in faith. God has promised to give us new hearts for a new day, so that we might increasingly become not only hearers, but also doers of the word.